Hello, everybody. Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today, I'm here with my new friend, Tracy, with Curo, who is going to talk to us a little bit about um, a different shift in the industry. I've interviewed a lot of people throughout the years that have left the creditor side to come into the debt collection space. And this is my first interview on the reverse. So for anyone who's not as lucky as I am to have met Tracy in person, Tracy, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today? Hi, yeah. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. Um, my name's Tracy Binkson. I work for Curo Financial out of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Curo offers lending and credit solutions for solutions for consumers across North America. Um, collections has pretty much been my entire career. I started with a medical agency out of Wichita, had a great mentor there, worked in their legal department, um, and then moved over to an agency collecting subprime payday lending. Worked in that agency for several years, built up their legal department and their litigation uh, service provider network. Um, from there, I was lucky enough to be able to lead that agency for several years before we were acquired. Um, we were a captive and then we were acquired by our parent. And then recently I moved into a new role, uh, centralizing the collection program uh, for lending branches here in the U.S. in a first party capacity. So definitely been a shift um, in the past year, but it's certainly been an interesting one coming from the third party space and then using those tools and strategies in the first party. Well, there's so much to unpack in that conversation. So, you know, let me start by asking you, what has the experience been like for you going from the third party side into being a creditor now, right? Like that's a, a fairly unique shift. What are, what's your experience been like? Um, it's certainly been a good one. Um, at first, I want to just disclaim, you know, these thoughts and opinions are my own and not those of Puro and my um, company, but um there's obviously a lot of similarities between the third and first party strategies. Um, so while it's been um, very different, right, because mm -hmm. your pressure on delinquency um, is a lot more critical, um, you're using a lot of the same strategies, right? Um, you've got your third party vendors, your vendor network, service providers, all of those pieces and all of those elements within your waterfall, mm -hmm. you're just managing them internally rather than going through, you know, a first secondary tertiary placement with a third party collections agency. So it, it's certainly been interesting, but a lot of the same tools we use are applicable in first part. So as a creditor though, you're dealing with that entire life cycle, right? It's not just that primary, secondary, tertiary placement. You've, you're now managing right. that entire life cycle, which means you got to kind of pull back a little bit and take a broader look at the organization. Any tips or, or things that you've seen as you've gone through that process that you would share with those that are still in the third party space? Absolutely. So, you know, vendor management is huge in third party, right? Um, mm -hmm. Managing your vendors, especially if you get into your litigation programs, which I'm, you know, a little bit closer to based on my background. But I think when we look at our vendors in a first party space, we're looking at vendor management as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure you've got your VRM in place and all of your checks and balances. And then performance is something that we look at really closely. Um, within our third-party partners. So taking a deep dive into those third-party uh, KPIs, we look at their commission rates, cost input into managing those, those service providers. You know, if you are a higher maintenance service provider versus one that, you know, has a lot more policy, better software, you know, all of the reporting in place, 
all of those things are things that we kind of look at if we're looking to outsource. But from an internal perspective, you know, those same tools that we expect our third parties to have, we're looking to have on our own as well. Well, and that actually brings a, up a really great point because, you know, when I, my first opportunity to meet you in person was at the TU Summit back in August. And one of the things yeah. that I've heard said at that conference in the past was that those actions that are taken by the creditor are going to have a direct effect on who we are and how we handle accounts in the third party space. So I'm sure you're getting kind of an opportunity to see how those two sides are bridged because if, if we're deploying third party um, digital strategies, right? Like I can't imagine that you're not deploying digital strategies on your side as well. And the effectiveness in your strategies is going to have a direct effect on the liquidation in the third party space. What is that kind of been like for you kind of looking at it from those both perspectives? The strategies are similar, right? We're, we're all competing to commu uh, communicate with the customer and everybody's trying to get that, you know, obviously in a first party space, our push is on, let's bring delinquency down, let's get these customers back into good standing. We obviously want to keep our customers current. Um, and in a third party space, you're still trying to communicate with them using a digital footprint. Um, trying to collect before you know you're aging out in your vintages, right? Like you're mm -hmm. like the faster you can get it, the better. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them really have been very, very similar. Um, I would just highlight there, you know, there's of course different regulatory right pieces that you have to consider um, in a third party versus first party space um, as you're collecting. Um, when when I think about third party and when I think about you know you know, those first 30 days and then the strategy as it ages, you know, some of that's very different. Um, but there, you know, you've got commonalities and how are you managing your omni-channel? How are you managing if you're only in multi-channel? And then if you don't have the same tools um, or if your business doesn't have the same software abilities as maybe a third party, that's where you can look for the partnership synergies that you can bring into a third party agency or litigation partner, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, a, a big thing that I think about when I think about creditor versus agency is software. Um, software is a huge one and I'm sure we can get into that more if you'd like, but to me, software is key, making sure you have the right software. Um, big differences between LMS systems, like for your mm -hmm. lending, and then from your collection management systems. I've worked in proprietary and I've worked in third party, third party software instead of third party um, collections agency capacity. Um, but software is a huge consideration. And so um, it just depends, I think, um, with the creditor as well, how tech enabled they are. Mm -hmm. and how they're going to deploy some of those pieces from, you know, omni-channel. It, it took some work for people to get into that. And I know there's always debate on whether, is it really omni or is it really multi and you're just pushing it all into the same uh, element. That sounds like a, a conversation that I've had many a times in the last year, right? It's <clears throat> how, how do those kind all of into the debate, Right, <laughs> right, yeah. But it, that also sounds like it's one of the main criteria that you're using to select your vendors, right? Like those that would be a great extension of your organization and beyond kind of their collection software. I assume that there's a, a you're kind of looking at that whole application stack, not just in how they're communicating, but in how they're managing or waterfalling data over time. You know, from your perspective, what other 
you know, main criteria are you looking at when you're evaluating a vendor or a potential vendor? Yeah. So, you know, some of the things that we covered, but, but first, what is their CMS? What are their mm-hmm. policies and procedures? And are they complementary to ours? Um, what does their vendor relationship look like? And then what is their primary strategy? So if it's a litigation partner and you're thinking about um, what their first steps are outside regulatory requirements, is it collections? Are they a litigation firm and a collection firm that's going to try to start out with collections or something that you've already done before? Mm-hmm. So we, we look at their strategy and, and then really what they're able to produce as far as reporting. And to your point just a moment ago, what kind of reporting can they provide? What can they give back to you? And what does that waterfall look like? Um, so you can really take deep dives into their KPI and decide, is this a long-term partner or are we going to do primary placement, re-review, and then pull it back? Well, that's interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of different pieces and parts there that are interesting. As you're going through kind of the um, those loan management systems and that connection, we're talking about reporting and KPIs. Are you looking for a real-time connection? Is it a timed connection that they're providing information back to you? You know, what level of oversight do you ultimately look for? I think it depends on the business, right? Do they want a portal? Do they want to be able to grab it and connect with you in real time? I know a lot of agencies have the ability, depending on their software, that you can just link straight up to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it minimum, you know, do you have the bi-weekly reporting that they're sending you with any of their status reports, inventory reports, right? Um, I think it depends on the business. I think obviously having portals, things like that, to where you can get direct insight into your accounts, that's always going to be a win. Um, but if that's not available, having the ability to receive those timely reports so you can make sure that your LMS system or your collections management system is always in sync with your creditor. That's interesting. Now, as we look at the expected increase in volume of accounts over the coming, let's call it 12 to 18 months, right? As we've sat through presentations at a variety of conferences this year, that seems to be a major mm-hmm. topic, right? Like there's this wave coming. Are there any things that you're anything that you're doing inside your organization to prepare for a higher potential account volume in the default area? I think, you know, TransUnion had a really interesting um, FinTech um, panel that they did just on what the FinTech, how the FinTech market is responding to some of these um, macro uh, factors and some of the, you know, influx that we're expecting over the next year, year and a Mm -hmm. half. And I think, you know, we're all tightening up. We're, we're looking at our underwriting, like your risk modeling, how you're, how you're approaching your debt management and your delinquency short and long term. I think everybody's looking at that. How are you scoring your account? How are you scoring your portfolio? So, you know, is this account probably going to pay or, you know, what are the payment factors or do you, are you going to have to look at other strategies? And then when we look post-charge-off, how long are you going to keep it in-house? Are you going to continue in a post-charge-off strategy? Are you going to work with your agencies or your litigation network? Or are you going to look at debt sales, right? So, um, and then what, you know, how are we segmenting our portfolios? I think is really an interesting uh, topic of conversation that I've heard um, amongst a lot of my peers as well is really segmenting, really looking at um, risk-based collections and really taking deep dives into how we manage delinquency and how we prepare for volume. 
So you made a, an interesting comment in there um, about debt sales being part of the strategy too, right? And so from my perspective, and as I came up in the industry, I worked directly for uh, a gentleman, Ed Forbes, who had been the former head of recovery for Chase. And one of the things that he taught me early on, and this goes all the way back to the Bill Bartman days, was that you can't just trust one strategy, right? Like you can't just do one strategy because if that yeah. strategy disappears overnight, you don't have anything else. And you you always tell me to keep the three-legged stool, right? And I feel like we've talked yeah. about two of the three areas, the litigation, the collections piece, but then that debt sales piece. And, you know, I'm curious from your perspective, do you see a lot of differences in the way in which you evaluate a potential debt buyer versus a potential agency? Or do you find that you're running similar evaluations or similar criteria just kind of in two different directions for different purposes? I'm curious from your mind, because I, I know you're very analytical yeah. in how you look at some of these things, but do you look at those partners in potentially a similar way or are there vast differences between the way you look at an agency versus a debt buyer relationship? I think you kind of hit it on the head. Like you're looking at where you're going to see um, your ROI. And so it depends on the market with debt sales. Debt mm. sale, the market's changed a lot and mm -hmm. we expect it to continue to change. So what does the market on your return look like in a debt sale uh, strategy? Or what do you think long-term that you're going to be getting in your charge-off account strategy? And so, but, but I think you hit it, right? It, well, it how different depends. is your audit procedure between, like when you're checking on, so like you're, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to sell this portion of my portfolio. I'm going to collect this portion of my portfolio. You're going to use a third-party vendor for either one of those pieces. How different is the evaluation between those two vendors? Or those two partners, right? I'm going to call the I'm not going to call the the debt buyer a, um, a vendor because it's really more of a partnership. But do you look at those two um, types of groups similarly, or are there some like stark differences in the way that you evaluate it? Well, I think you look at agencies or your third parties differently because you've really got to see what their long term is. You know, mm -hmm. how are they handling the debt? Um, what insights are they going to give you on their collectability or their aging vintages for liquidity? And then buyers, the, the difference there is, for, are you using a broker? Are you working directly with a buyer, right? The, the broker obviously has some advantages in the compliance oversight that they can provide. So I think for us, it's really looking at, is the agency compliant? Does their strategy complement yours? I know I mentioned that earlier, so I don't mean to be redundant. But does their strategy match the vision and, and how you want that customer handled um, after it's assigned? You would do the same thing for a buyer. And then the difference, I think, for us on the decisioning is, you want a fast return? Are you in this for a longer game? Right? Mm -hmm. But for me, that's where we kind of weigh, outweigh the difference. And then again, when we go back to how do these accounts score? Right. And just using your scoring models, um, hypothetically, um, and how you play. Well, coming from the litigation side of the world and having run an agency and obviously managing, um, you know, kind of all three portions of the stool at this point, um, it sounds like you've got the right experience to try to find the analytics that drive those key criteria by which how you will divide your inventory across those channels, um, which I think is very interesting because coming from your background and experience, applying that into the creditor space has got to give you some pretty significant insights on how to manage those three channels and what to expect from those three different channels. 
Well, and it's been fun, right? It's been fun being able to apply those third-party strategies into a first party and kind of, you know, cut out that middle section where you can, so you can keep that in-house and really focus long-term on how are we going to approach this. And there's, there's other pieces to it, right? You know, working with your consumer credit counseling services, working with debt sale agency, or sorry, <laughs> debt settlement agencies, um, really figuring out how you target, like working with the customer and working with the customer in a way that they're responsive to, um, and there's different tools that you can use, um, of course, but a lot of strategy can be similar. It's just what your long term is going to look like in that customer's journey and then putting that waterfall together. So a lot, you know, you've got to dedicate the resources to it, right? Uh, putting all of mm -hmm. these third party strategies into a first party centralized approach you know, there's there's overhead to that. So I think that that's a big consideration is a lot of these agencies, they have all of that for you. So, you know, making the decision whether you outsource or insource, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a significant operations decision, but there's certainly a lot of synergies between the two. So um, it's been a, it's been a really fun experience for us for sure. Well, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun. So let me let me ask you kind of one final question here. And that's is now that you've kind of moved over to that creditor space, knowing everything you knew from the debt collection arena, is there any advice that you would give to those of us that still live on the debt collection side of the equation? Just with all the visibility that you have today, is there like that one piece of advice you're like, guys, this is this is where we're missing it as uh, as the debt collection industry? Reporting is key. Managing your KPI is key. Your compliance management uh, program is key. Um, just making sure that your creditor client has visibility into exactly how your portfolio is performing, mm -hmm. making sure that you are using all of the tools at your disposal, and then omni-channel, multi-channel, connecting with your customers and being innovative. I think having that edge ahead of some of your competitors is a big one. So just making sure that you have all the tools and if there's a tool that your creditor might not have, um, try to capitalize on it, right? Um, there's some different technologies in the third party space, especially in those CMS programs. And so making sure that you're marketable with those advantages where they exist, I think is a really big part of it um, when I look at third versus first and whether I can do it myself or whether I might think about considering someone else. Wow, that is a very insightful response. I think those of us that live on the debt collection side need to hear that reporting, digital, and then find those opportunities to where you have a tool set or something in your toolbox that the creditor doesn't have and build that partnership, leverage that expertise. I think that's a, a, a very insightful statement. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. It is a rare occasion that I have the opportunity to talk with someone who has such a broad experience across the space um, and is happy to come on and talk about some of the strategies that you're using and the ways in which you're leveraging that knowledge to improve your business. But I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for the opportunity. It was uh, lovely having a conversation with you and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. 
Absolutely. For those of you that are watching, if you have additional questions that you'd like to ask Tracy or myself, you can leave those in the comments below. If you have additional uh, topics you'd like to see us discuss, you can leave those in the comments below as well. And hopefully I can get Tracy to come back at least one more time to help me continue to create great content for a great industry. But until next time, Tracy, again, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Adam. And for everybody watching, thank you as well. We'll talk to you all again soon.